I think you should always be trying to find out what truly motivates you and what's the right thing for you and then trying to set up a situation like that where you'll flourish and those around you will flourish. Um, I'm not a big legacy person, I'll be honest. Um, I know most people kind of probably find that's a bit weird. So yeah, I think it's important to understand what intrinsically motivates. As an entrepreneur, when you start out and you're the early founding team, you're picking a co-founder, you're picking investors, you need to understand what makes these people tick. Welcome to 14 Minutes of SaaS, the show where you can listen to the stories and opinions of founders of the world's most remarkable SaaS scale-ups. This is the final part of a three-part mini-series with Andrew Mullaney, former CTO and founder of Newswhip. He discusses his daily routine, the importance of sleep, and starting the day by doing something you love. He discusses how he navigates a sea of distractions, why yoga and rugby are yin and yang, and the importance of understanding whether someone is motivated by finances, legacy, or having a rich life experience. interested to know what a typical day in your life is and I'm also interested to know if you think that last 20 minutes before you sign off from work at the end of the day or those early morning hours what period of time is crucial for you to set yourself up um, I think the morning is like a golf swing I think you start it it needs to be formulaic it needs to be something you like and enjoy and it needs to be something um, that you know doesn't doesn't test you. So I've uh, and kind of the Tim Ferriss questions. It's you know it's great. I've listened to so many people start and how they do it, and I alter it. Um, I do the same thing, but I also alter it. So my breakfast is really important. Um, I I'm I'm a believer that you need to eat a, a good uh, breakfast, although I pick very carefully um, one with, with with natural healthy proteins and and and, and fats. Um, in a milkshake that I absolutely love and it's easy wow. and quick. I don't drink any caffeine and that's a personal thing. Uh, well, I, I mean, I drink the odd bit, but I don't drink coffee or anything like that. Mm. So I don't start with that. Um, I don't like to be rushed in the morning. Um, I don't set an alarm. Um, so I nearly always wake up naturally. I don't realize what, I don't think you should start the day being screamed at by, by, by a device. And uh, once you kind of get into a sync with your, with your uh, sleep, you don't need to set an alarm. And what time is that usually? It can vary any time between kind of half seven and half eight. You know, it just depends how tired I am. Like today I was pretty stiff, so it was a little bit later. Um, I mean, obviously, look, if you've got a meeting at half seven, then you've got to be up early. You know, but, sure. it, but on a general operation of things, uh, I'm a big proponent for balance. Um, even when I was setting up startups, people would be like, no, nah, you must be working so hard. Firstly, if you do, it can cloud your judgment, which is dangerous. Um, but secondly, you're not actually, um, you're not respecting yourself, you know, at the end of the day, career is career, your health is important, your activity is important, your community is important, your sleep is important. You have to respect all these things and if you do, actually they'll all work together for you. Whereas if, if, if you go and work, you know, 18 hours a day for, you know, I, I did actually make one mistake in my first startup, which is I just didn't take a holiday. It's not that I wasn't working crazy hard. I didn't take a holiday for 
I think about two and a half years and my decision making was just gone to bits and my dad said listen we're going on a family holiday I, one of the parts of it is I couldn't afford one and he goes we're going on a family holiday and I think you should come and I said oh I don't have time and he goes no you just gotta come and I went away for two weeks with them and I came back and I went what am I doing you know I just and I was able to see it and I was like you know it's just it's going and, okay and did you switch off your devices completely for the two weeks or did you kind of restrict yourself to two hours a day or something oh, what did no, you actually switch do them off switch them off from a work perspective um and i've changed my relationship with my phone now um my phone never notifies me and good luck to you if you're trying to ring me uh i don't answer my phone and and that's important because that means i decide you're in control exactly i decide when i give it my time and i do it on when i want to do it so yeah. i actually vocate that i want to check my whatsapps now rather than when my whatsapp annoys me that it gets my time and I think that's a huge difference and it's a big psychological difference um, and do you have any uh, do you do anything to uh, with email do you have like two set times during the day where you sit down and email are you that disciplined or is that the one thing you check on an ongoing basis that's um, that's a good question I've, I've varied from from multitudes um, I used to uh, block all email, so I, I use Outlook. I'm a bit of a, an old school one like that. I just, I just like it. Uh, yeah. I'm like a weird Apple user. I like the interface. <laughs> um, what I used to do is um, go offline and on the hour do the emails because uh, that's more efficient, so on top of each hour. Uh, now what I generally do is I just kind of do them when I have the time. Usually I'm kind of in and out off the desk or I might be working on something and then you know there might be a natural lull and I'll go to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know how many how many distractions do we have today? You know, if if you're in our office, you've got you've got your own social, which is like Facebook, WhatsApp, uh, Instagram, whatever. Then you've got your work, which is uh, your emails. You've got Slack. I mean, Slack is very busy in here. And we talk about developers staying in context, which where they're able to con context switching has has a cost. I think around forty five seconds. Yeah. And you're just switching in and out of this stuff. You can never get anything done. Yeah. And that that becomes. Um, and that's the thing, isn't it? It's, a, w w w it's, it's been proven that switch tasking is yeah. incredible. There's no such thing as multitasking yeah. other than the unconscious stuff we do. Yeah. But that, that switch tasking is, is it's a big problem today, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. and then it, it, it gives this feeling of being overwhelmed. Yeah. And I think that's really one of the challenges is that people just feel like they're they, they, they just swamped with all this crap. And then they also feel the expectation is that they have to get back to somebody. Yeah. I mean, when did it become an expectation that you have to answer someone in WhatsApp by a certain period of time? WhatsApp didn't exist 10 years ago. Yeah. You know, 20 years ago, you couldn't get me on a mobile phone. We're, we're cluttering ourselves up a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you do what a lot of people in Silicon Valley do? Do you meditate? I do yoga. Yeah. Oh, wow. Cool. <laughs> I did it. Started it because of the rugby issues that I came out of, and um, keep you supple. Yeah, that's what I was. I just had back problems, and uh, then I I got more out of it than I expected. Like the mind and the breathing, and yeah, just a different perspective. Um, I would definitely advise it. I don't do meditation specifically, um, but you do get quite a lot of it in yoga. So um, yeah, you got to you got to respect your mind, you got to respect your body. Again, it's like all the balance stuff, you know, you've got to... Yeah. And uh, to finish up, Andrew, I'd love to ask you, um, if I was sitting here and I was just about to join a startup for the first time or create my own thing, co-create it, what advice would you give me? Um, obviously, I'm going to say do it. <laughs> <laughs> Go um, for it. I think... Um, 
so like startups versus big companies you know you can get exposure in a startup that um, you'll never get in a big company and if you look at your career as a title and a paycheck then a big company is a place for you and you can navigate through that and that's again is totally fine uh, if you look at your career as a um, combination of experiences and learnings uh, and, and how you navigated through certain situations which I believe in the long run has a lot more return on investment both um, tangibly and intangibly uh, then a startup is a great place to go either founding it if you really want to get into the deep water or get into the early founding team um, I think particularly uh, youngsters coming out of college it's a great time startups will take a chance on you you can take a chance on them they've got time with their career and you know even if the startup doesn't work out um, but you're like a head of engineering uh, over like five or seven people which you can easily do like that's what happened to our guys here uh, you know you can walk into whatever job you want but if you climb the career ladder you know um, it, it, it'll take longer some people like the methodical side of it so that's an exception if you're a methodical person who like I want to know what my career is and I want to know the security then that's it but if you're more kind of you know that's not your thing then definitely go for it and and, and don't quit like people question themselves so much oh why would I do this I remember when I was thinking about what would people think about me you know oh I'm this big shot going out to start a company who cares just yeah. go out and do it and 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 you know like what's the worst that can happen I can't help but ask you one more question actually related to that um, I, I talk to a lot of uh, great founders like yourself and, and I'm going through the process myself for a few years now um, do you think of those people that are kind of wired to be entrepreneurs and are out there already um, do you see a difference between those who are focused on their legacy and those who are actually take the time to be more conscious of the experience mm. and to want to live that experience do you see those two types sometimes that yep. difference and what do you think is healthier oh yeah well this is interesting you know what motivates people and it's something I absolutely love and uh, and, and, and try to study um, uh, we're all flawed you know <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we can have an answer there to say that one I mean I think you should always be trying to find out what truly motivates you and what's the right thing for you and then trying to set up a situation like that where you'll flourish and those around you will flourish um, I'm not a big legacy person, I'll be honest. Um, I know most people kind of probably find that's a bit weird. Um, I don't think it's weird at all. I think it's <laughs> yeah, wise. Yeah. yeah, but some people are, you know, some people want to be remembered in a certain mind frame or whatever. That's totally cool. Like, probably some of the greatest things have been achieved by people who are motivated like that. Absolutely. And I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't judge them for one second. Um, for me, I don't know. I just kind of get, it's, I think it's kind of like a team sport. You like it, it's, it's, you know winning the World Cup it's kind of it's nothing but it's the biggest thing in the world as well if it is for you for you you know so yeah. I get a real I get a real pleasure out of kind of overcoming challenge with, with a team of people I, I find it exciting to just to just be in, involved and obviously in areas that I'm, I'm also kind of passionate about like engineering and software and and, and, and things like that um, so yeah I think it's important to understand what intrinsically motivates as an entrepreneur when you start out and you're the early founding team you're picking a co-founder you're picking investors you need to understand what makes these people tick if you've got an investor who just wants to pay out and you guys are trying to do something that's much more socially aware because you're and I've seen situations like this it won't work 
Yeah. You know, and if your co-founder is a legacy person and you are, you know, that makes you sick, it's not going to work. You <laughs> yeah. know, um, you have to be, uh, or, or you have to figure out a way to go around it, you know, but it, I, I think, and sometimes maybe people just have to have a conversation. Like, I remember me and Paul had a conversation. This is funny, actually, in the early days. And it goes, I think he posed the question to me, you know, what, how, much, how much would it cost for you to retire for a life? Which, which I would have interpreted as kind of an economic question, which is another one of my passions and hobbies. But it was kind of good because we both leveled on kind of like, what was your walk away money? Paul's was kind of in the millions and mine was in like 70 million. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not even financially wow. motivated. I was just kind of like, well, you know, like yeah, if you yeah. want me to, you know, if I'm going to have a high quality of life, it's going to be a high quality of life, yeah. you know. Um, but it's it was kind number, of funny. Yeah. It's kind of, you know, it's just like any relationship. If you want to go out with someone, get married or, you know, get into, you know, you probably will want to trash out a few of these things. Like, who are you deep to the core? Like, why are we doing this? And yeah. uh, if you match on those levels, everything else can work out. Uh, that's a great thing to finish on, Andrew. Thanks a million for your time. Great. Thank you. change tech event for the next episode but stay in the same city of Dublin we interview Gary Tan co-founder and managing partner of Initialized a VC he created with Reddit co-founder Alexis Ohanian Gary co-founded the financial analysis platform at Palantir Technologies and founded and sold Posterous a blogging platform to Twitter and he was a partner at Y Combinator for five years You've been listening to 14 Minutes of SaaS. Thank you to Ketsu for music provided under a Creative Commons license. This episode was brought to you by me, Stephen Cummins. If you enjoy the podcast, please don't forget to share it with your network, subscribe to the series, and give the show a rating. Music